Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going! From the Mesmerized Studios in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Taylor and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello, Atlanta sports fans, and welcome to another exciting, fun-filled, action-packed romp through the landscape that is Atlanta sports. This is Believe in Atlanta Sports. I'm your host, Robert Taylor, directly across from me, but... You won't see him because we have paused our uh, video action for a while, but I got the Commissioner Mark Rich in the house with a giant Diet Dr. Pepper in, in one hand and a giant cup of coffee in the next. He, he lives on caffeine and sports alone. What you can't see is I'm decked out fully in Hawks gear because I forgot we weren't videotaping. <laughs> you know, I did the same thing this morning too, uh, and that's part of the reason why I was running late. But, uh, man, it is we got a little cold front that came in. And I'm telling you, when the winter comes, and I and I, I hear the alarm, and I peel that blanket back, and I feel that whoosh of cold air. Hop right back in. I throw the blanket right back on, and I go, ah, five more minutes. And then sometimes it turns into like eight or nine. I always try to cut it, you know. Actually, I think the snooze is set for eight minutes or snooze something. Snooze on an iPhone is standard nine minutes. So, but then I get up, and I, I got to get my little buddy ready for the day. Merle, got to let him out. Give him a little scratch on the ears. Give him some breakfast, and he's a uh, he's a little bit of a diva. So he's like, "I'll go out and pee, then I'll have my breakfast, and then I'll go have my morning glory out on out on the lawn." So it's it's not a go out and pee and, and poop and then eat. It's it's a whole process, and then just like any dog, he has to you know check the wind, and and make sure it's the precise location on the lawn. He's got to sniff eighteen different things. Go, all right, I'll poop here. So anyway, good old Merle, man, he's something else. He's a, he is a character for sure. Like I've owned dogs in the past, but this, he's a, he's different. I'm telling you it's, and I don't know. It's, it's, I don't, I never had this connection with another dog and Valerie's even better at it, but I can tell you like some of his barks, like what it means or like when he comes to me and like does the thing and looks at me, I was like, oh, he wants to go out front, not outside. He specifically wants to go out front to check everything out. It's it's strange. We we're we're connected, but that, yeah, that's awesome. He's a uh, boy. He's spoiled rotten, just the worst. I, I, he doesn't even think he's a dog at this point. I think he thinks he's a, a a little a little human, which whatever. Hey, he's living the good life. He's a drain on the economy though. He doesn't do anything. He brings nothing to the table except undying. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Unconditional love and affection, which, hey, what more do you, what do you ask for? He's throw on a little... No judgment there. Little aerator collar. Hook him up. No, oh, man. run around in the yard. Oh, yeah, probably. I should do that. He has, He's never worn a collar, though. No, but, I mean, just get him a little harness. Yeah. Throw something <laughs> behind him. Turn him into a workhorse. Yeah, that would be... That would not go well. He would just lay down. He has a, He has his own blanket in the yard, and, and this dog actually tans. It's It's pathetic. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So that's our story. We were uh, late getting out the door, but we're here now and, and we're doing it. And, uh, you know, housekeeping, I guess, just a little housekeeping in case you uh, missed an episode or anything. We are pausing the YouTube portion of our show. Uh, we are putting it back in the oven to bake it up with new and improved graphics. The shows will be able to come out much sooner because uh, God bless them, Tim and Jared. Those guys are busy. And their editors and post-production people are busy. And Jared uh, made this happen for us. 
so we get to stay out of their hair and kind of uh take the wheel of our own our own stuff but we mentioned go live and and yes. put this out everywhere for you we're at bears repeating we will be able to go live on many many different platforms but we just want to spend some time with it um and, and get used to it because the we we were here last week and we just said okay let's fire it off and I'm telling you, it was not easy trying to talk and then run the camera angles and, and cut to Mark and cut to me. And I know we talked to this last episode, but if in case you in case you missed it and you're just tuning in. But speaking of that, for those of you that are tuning in, thank you, thank you uh, uh, so much. Really, I appreciate you because I see the numbers. They're there. They're growing. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a slow process. And, and, you know, things happen along the road that we uh, – some growing pains, but – uh, one cool thing is, is that we got our first email last night from the Atlanta Hawks with our zoom links, but we didn't get to zoom in. I had a lot going on. I was uh, working on a little special surprise project at the house because the lady is out of town in Nashville for work and she's going to get home today and see it. But then I had school, I had work, Mark had work, but we also got a link for game notes and it is 33 pages of awesome. I do not. I try to read, try a lot to read, and it puts me to sleep. I don't know if there's just something wrong with my brain or if I'm just an overly tired human being or I over-caffeinate myself and crash all the time. Um, but, like, this is something I'm, like, thoroughly ecstatic about getting to read. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, that was our uh, our fearless leader, founder of the Feast, one of the founders of the Feast, Tim Cahill, just popped his head in here, so I turned around and said hello but uh, yeah it's 33 pages of good stuff and uh speaking of that the hawks the warbirds i'm gonna call them the warbirds this year because they're going to war they're gonna be a very good basketball team whole ass home opener last night they beat the rockets i'm gonna go off memory here i'm gonna say it was 117 to 107 is that right absolutely correct all right they uh they they start the season off on a positive note with a win. John Collins led the way with 24 points. And our boy Trey Young was right behind him with 23, but let's talk about Trey for a second because of our fantastic uh you know door into the into the world of the Hawks this year. Uh let's let's call it a <clears throat> let's call it a crack. We got our foot in and we can kind of peek in, you know, into the Hawks world a little bit and I'm, you could find this stuff uh, yourself if you looked, but this is kind of all put together for us. And I knew Trey Young was a was a good basketball player, but what is this? His seventh season in the league, six or seven. That that thirty three page guide would tell us, but it's it's six or seven years in the league. So already, Trey Young, in uh, I guess you would call this a point assist double double. Yes. So. All time in NBA history with 30 points and 10 assists, he has 51 games. That's good enough for number nine all time. Seven behind Magic Johnson. Then you got Jerry West at 69. All time, 40 point 10 assist games. He's that's good for number nine again with 11, and he's one behind LeBron and Iverson at 12, more than Jordan who had nine. You made me second guess myself. It's his fifth season. Fifth season. Okay, so I'm uh, hey. Even better. This is his. So after four seasons, he's done this, guys. Yep. And this one bugged me a, a little bit because he was third team All NBA last year, despite leading the league in assists and points, and only the second player to do it in league history. That to me is, uh, and you you said it, and you, well, tell tell him why. Uh, tell him why. Trace Trace a villain. Trace a villain now, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what everybody's problem is, but there's always going to be this mild disconnect between uh, he and John Morant and their worth. And John Morant beat him out for second team All NBA. And I, you know, there's people speculate why that is, and because Ja is a more explosive player, maybe more. Um, he's a he's a highlight, a walking highlight reel. Um, Trey is too, just in a different a different way. Trey, Trey pulls up from half court and Trey goes on in, insane three point barrages. And he's just a, I don't know. It, they, they play differently, but as far as it, as far as the, the second and third team, all NBA goes, I'm sure, I'm sure that doesn't really matter to Trey. And, 
And if it does, it works out in our advantage because all it does is it increase the the chip on his shoulder because I, I feel like the the downplaying of the Hawks and the constant um I it's like they they don't overlook us, but they like to downplay how good we are or what we can do. It's it it happens all the time. It's it's very frustrating. I, I, I can't think of a specific example offhand, but it's just like power rankings and stuff like that. Like the the Hawks are always underrated for whatever reason. But I hope everybody paid very, 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 very close attention last night because this is the first real basketball game that these guys played together as a team. The first one that counted. Now, nobody's expecting the Rockets to set the world on fire. They're, they're a very young team, uh, but it looks like they're going to be exciting to watch this year. Um, Deontay Murray's coming out party was, uh, was a bit impressive. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with all the other guys. I, I know about Murray. I've just never paid this close attention to him because he wasn't on my team. Um, but last night, he goes for 20-11-5-5-1. 20 points. 11 assists, 5 steals, 5 rebounds, 1 block in the big stat, 0 turnovers. He is an absolute animal. He is going to he's a the way other players talk about him too is so exciting. I heard John Collins in a post game uh interview talking about how his energy is like very much needed. He's that dog on the court. Um how he he insists on guarding the other team's best guard uh every game that he has to guard them which uh, uh for for people who aren't paying attention, um that means De- uh DeAndre Hunter gets to, you know, guard the next best player on the team or or the best player on the team whatever you got big o uh but it opens them up so now we don't we where Trey Young might have been what people call a defensive liability for us now we have our 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 number 2 guy i i don't even want to call him that after this first game this team is just a, a team right now i don't we're not going to put any hierarchy or anything on it um but Murray went Murray went nuts last night. The zero turnover thing is huge. Uh, we had a very very bad, uh, not very bad. We went seven for twenty five from three point last night. Trey was one for eleven, if I'm not mistaken. So like not a not a great night from the three point line. And a, a lot of times you'll see um, when the Hawks have a really bad three point shooting night. Those those are tend to be the games that we lose. We didn't lose this game. We won this game by ten points. So I it it the rest of the season is exciting because these guys are just getting used to each other. They're not all the way there yet. But you got four of your starters and scoring twenty points or more. You got Murray going, Hunter going, Young going, and Collins going. The what I saw in the game last night um was the hot hand got fed. And it seemed like last year John Collins tend to get uh that he tend to get left out of the offense. And I don't know why that was, or uh, if it was discomfort, or or injury, or what caused it. But like last last night, when John was hot, he kept getting the ball, and he led the team in scoring. But like that 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 team aspect of of how they're playing right now and how they played last night, if if that continues throughout the year, it's going to be a real big problem because these these are four guys in the starting lineup that we know can score. Bogey's not even back yet. Bogey wasn't even in the lineup right now. That's another guy that can score. You've got Big O uh, being about as efficient as he can. Six for eight field goals. He went 13 points and nine rebounds. That is, uh, if that's a consistent thing for him throughout the year, that is huge for us. Uh, Clint Capella, um, two points last night. Um, That's not a... It, it is what it is. Clint Clint's in there to rebound, to play defense, and and scoring's a a, a luxury for us if we get scoring out of Clint Capella. Those are going to be second chance points, and but we're not running the offense through him. That guy in the middle, the Holiday brothers come in, um, and and they they're going to be essential for us as far as depth, the second team, and they help out on defense. We had twelve steals and five blocks in this game. I haven't seen that in quite some time from the Hawks. It was very impressive. 30 assists to 9 turnovers 
in last night's game. And you expect coming out of the gates that you're going to stumble a little bit. You're going to be a little bit sloppy. And it wasn't perfect. And literally all the players interviewed after the game, they didn't, they all took time to say, hey, just so you guys know, this isn't it yet. We still got a lot of work to do. And in a game where there's a lot of positives to take from it, they also are all focused on the fact that they can all get better. If you can tell that I'm mildly excited no. about where this is going. No. Um, but, but again, the the idea of Jalen Johnson got some playing time, looked good in the time he was out on the court. Um, the Okongwu thing is is huge for me. That's that's a that's a huge deal because he that he comes he plays with a, a lot of intensity. I watched him I watched him I, I don't want to say shut down because I don't think you can actually shut down Giannis, but like I watched him come off the bench as a young guy and just give Giannis everything that he had and it it really put a wrinkle in the game for us. Um and for them because Giannis didn't know what to do with him. Uh but but that guy coming into his own these guys on the court, when we get bogey back, if, if we don't know what we have in Jarrett Culver, uh, A.J. Griffin hasn't even touched the court. That guy would look like he can be an assassin for us. Um, the future is bright. I I am thrilled with what's going on. Um, ah, man. You're, uh, <laughs> I, I'm a little more of the uh, cool. Look good in the first game. Now you threw out uh, some some points, assists, steals. So, and this is one of those. I don't know. I don't say it's fluff, but this is one you have to go look for. But it's still a fun stat, nonetheless. Dejounte Murray is coming off a season where he became the first player in the history of the NBA to average at least twenty points, eight rebounds, nine assists, and two steals per game in a single season. So, pretty darn good. The Hawks last year put up 114 offensive rating. That was best in franchise history. And, you know, after last season was a disappointment. So, you know, they went back into the lab and retooled some things. And so, you know, it was it was pretty exciting to see, you know, Collins in the mix getting it done. And I just for me, I'm like, yeah, it's 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 great. But let's let's see where we're at with game 20. I'm always kind of one of those. Like, I like to slow roll it into the season. But like I said, sure. you've got coffee and Dr. Pepper over here. So you're you're double fisting it. So you're, That's the, the caffeine has nothing to do with You're jacked up this. on caffeine, adrenaline, and Hawks basketball. I would have rolled out of the bed with this energy for the Hawks. But because <laughs> because I've seen what the Hawks were. I saw what the Hawks were with without Murray. And I see what he brings on, on both sides, offensively and defensively, what he brings in like just the energy with him being out there and they're going to figure it out. They're going to get better playing with one another. It's going to get even better. Um I I just I've seen I've seen enough. I've seen enough of of these guys and people want to I've already seen people online talking about Cam Reddish's performance for New York last night. Cam had a great game. Uh Kevin Herter, great game for the Kings. I think both of them scored over 20 points. Um that that's not us anymore. Okay, we had to make some moves. We had to do some things. We had it's a to, business. Yeah, a hundred percent. And this is what we have now. And from the eye test from game one, it looks like we have a pretty good product on the court, and we have a little bit of depth. We we don't have. I mean, all we grew up the Hawks. This team grew up together. So your your Kevin Herter and your your Cam Reddish, you know, those were those were those were your guys that we drafted, that you got used to, that you loved. Red Velvet, you know what I mean? Like those people are gonna miss those guys, but I need I need our our casual fans to to not talk about like what we've lost in these situations and and focus on what we have because what we have and what we what we have to build from right here is very real. And who knows if there's another move coming down the pike this year or if this is gonna be the the squad that we roll with the whole season, but either way, uh, what we have is, is is good. What we have is exciting, and this team can go toe to toe with just about anybody. Yeah, hey, I you said it. I I believed it. I said it that the Hawks were going to be good this year. But I'm just one of those like if guys, you know, like if everyone stays healthy, if this happens, if that happens, if everything goes according to plan. Hawks go to the playoffs, uh, and and we all know the 
some people don't know this, but the the Hawks uh, had one of the longest playoff streaks in the history of the NBA. Went for what, 10, 11, 12 seasons in a row. They just haven't gotten very deep. Now, this team, looking the way that they look in preseason in last night, they, you know, if everything goes right, there's no reason to believe they won't make another deep playoff run. I'm still, we're all still waiting for that first NBA Finals appearance. Do I think Trey Young can take the Atlanta Hawks to the NBA Finals at some point in his career? Absolutely. Is Nate, Millen, Nate McMillan the right coach? Seemingly. I don't know yet. That remains to be seen. He had that great first season, and it was one of those where he got the job and he took the job, but he wasn't quite sure if he wanted the job, and he was a little hesitant about it. Then, you know, everything went well, and then, you know, everybody saw last season it was a downturn. It was a disappointing season, but now they got Murray in here who looks like he's going to be that spark plug, you know, like not that Trey's not a, a dynamic player, but you know, sometimes that that piece that kind of you know puts it all together that that gels the what you got seems like he could be that guy. And it's hey man, game one, a lot of a lot of what do they play? 80, 82. 82. I said eighty six. So we got eighty five more games of fun, and I can't wait. Um, like I said earlier, I I, I always would go to uh, a few Hawks games every year because I prefer the the live arena more than watching it on TV but I'm going to tune in tomorrow night. I got nothing to do tomorrow night. I'm going to I'm going to make an effort to watch cuz I it's no secret on here I've said some that the NBA I'm a little down on the NBA just you know the state of the game because again I'm living in the past and you're not supposed to live in the past but I come from an era of bird, magic, Jordan, James Worthy, Gary Payton, the li- magic. The list goes on and on and on and it was a man's league and I'll be the first to say it I think the NBA's gotten soft now I've got to learn to get around it I guess because now I'm uh, the host of a wildly popular Atlanta sports podcast so you know I've uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try that's all I say I'm gonna give it what you want to pay attention for this year too is to see um it's called they they always refer to it as Trey Young playing hero ball uh, last year, when we couldn't get anything going, you could just see that every time Trey would put it, put it on his own shoulders and try to uh, impose his will on the other team, um, and that caused a lot of people to you know, think that he was a ball hog, led the league in assists, but think he was hogging the ball and shooting shots that he shouldn't shoot. But really, what it was was when we couldn't get going on offense, he he thought it was his responsibility to do that for us. I think what bringing Murray in does for us is it alleviates Trey from having to feel that way as much. You've used the term release valve a few times on this show. So, yeah. well, and and that's I think they're I think they are going to make each other better basketball players, and that's scary. That should be scary for everybody because they you know nobody's nobody's seen them play. You've seen them play for one game together, and uh, you know they ranked backcourts in the NBA. And uh, Young and Murray were, I think, around like sixth or seventh best is what they were ranked, but nobody's seen them play together. Um, and I'm not saying one game is enough of a of a test to show people, but, but I'm sure it's got everybody's attention. I'm sure, yeah. Just the way the way Murray plays defense and gets back, at, he plays both sides of the ball so hard. It it it's going to be a problem. And DeAndre Hunter. I, I say it every year. He is our X factor. He is going to be the guy, if healthy, that's going to make it, make everything work. He's going to stir the Kool Aid, honestly, because he is, you know, John John scoring the ball with that kind of efficiency yesterday is such a, a huge blessing for this team. Because after last year, you just kind of didn't know. Mm-hmm. You didn't know. I've seen him score at will. I've seen him impose his will on other people, but. You just didn't know after last year, especially with the injury and the the weird ET finger and everything. Um, you don't know what you're gonna get from him. But last night, I, honestly, his post game interview was like refreshing. Just listening to him talk and listen to how he sounds and how excited he was about this team and and having Deontay here. Um, it's it it's a cool feeling, man. Last year was kind of like iffy. It was it was just like a rough year. Like every I, it was. You had an unsure feeling 
most every game and, and things that you thought you knew about the Hawks and, and how you felt about them, like didn't always come to fruition and, and things weren't always going. And I don't want to say the way that you wanted them to, but like the way you knew that the Hawks could play, they weren't, they just weren't doing it. And it just seemed, something seemed off all last year. And I'm not saying that, that this is the, the one answer that we need to fix everything. But again, the Rockets aren't setting the world on fire just yet. Very young team, very fun team to watch. Um, but as a first game with all these guys together, it is um, it's very encouraging for, so, for all Hawks fans. We have a tale of two Hawks fans here. I have uh, I've dipped my toe in the water and, and waded in, and it, and it feels warm and and comforting. And, and Mark has done a full-on triple Lindy into Hawks basketball, and I love it. I'm, so he's fired up. If you can't tell Mark's fired up, well, I don't know what's wrong with you then. <laughs> but hey, but the Hawks are here, man. The highlight factory. It's all it's all fun. And you get you you're gonna get some free tickets this year from our good friend Christy Camfield. She they got some great seats. You've sat in them before. I've sat in them. Uh you just gotta hit her up, man. She'll throw you some Hawks tickets. I better get a text message on the one. But Moving forward, there's not a lot in the Braves universe. Uh, well, there is, but as Dansby far as... be watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there's a great uh, interview on Spotify with Brian Snicker and Buster Olney where he kind of dives into that stuff. And again, uh, Snicker uses the... I don't want to say coach speak, but league speak, whatever speak of, uh, I love him. Uh, they know I want him back, but I'm a guy that I just try to help. I'm not really involved. I understand it's a business. This ridiculous reporter from, I call it shit sided, but it's fan sided says that Dansby's going to go play for the Cubs because Mallory Pugh plays for Chicago and He's going to go be with her, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because the Cubs suck, and Dansby's a winner, and he wants to win, and the Cubs are in no position to contend anytime soon. He's not going to the Cubs. I heard that tossed out, and then I saw this. I swear fansided just writes to write sometimes. They just make – let's just pull it out of their ass and let's throw that out there in the universe. It's but, not It's not a thing. But just, just imagine for what it is. People click on it to see why clickbait. Of course, yeah, it's a, a, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what it's for. They get they get results in that respect. But I, I'll say this: I'm I'm not going to pretend that I know Dansby Swanson. I do, I do not know him. I have never met him. Honestly, just watching uh you know interviews seems like a pretty good guy. He's a he's a he's strong in his faith. He's a winner. He hates losing. Outside of that, I know nothing about it. But what, one thing I can tell you about relationships that I know, typically, whoever makes the most money, that's where you go. Whoever the breadwinner is. Mallory Pugh, uh, make, probably, she, makes, she, she, she does all right for herself. Dansby makes more. Period. And he's about to make a lot more. Yeah. So I'm just saying, uh, and I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just, maybe that's not the dynamic their relationship has, but a lot of relationships. Oh, mama's got the better opportunity. Mama's got the better job in Seattle. Daddy's going to Seattle. Daddy's got the better opportunity to make more money in Atlanta. Staying in Atlanta. And I don't, I think Mallory Pugh, and I might be wrong I think she may be from the Chicago area. I mean, she may have some connections there. I'm not sure I didn't get that far into it. But again, Jansby Swanson lives here. He has lived here. He grew from a boy to a man right down the road from us, married a high school, all that stuff. But again, I don't know. Uh, and I said it, it wasn't going to happen this week. It's not going to happen today, but if it doesn't happen in two weeks, red flags will go up, but that's all we can do. The Giants have been thrown out there, but the the, 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 the real answer is nobody knows where he's going but him. And it'll be fun to watch uh, it all unfold. One thing I can tell you is uh, the, the, the powers that be at the Atlanta Braves have said they want a top five payroll. So we can uh, expect a spending spree. He has he's come out. I think there were seven last year, but he has said, and Terry McGurk, this is who we're talking about, has said he wants a top five payroll. So the Braves are going to spend some money. You would think because they want a top five payroll, they've got all this World Series money and everything. 
shouldn't be an issue keeping him here. But if we've learned anything from the Freddie Freeman saga, it's all how it's handled. Never know. And I, you know, and I'm going to still stick by my, my, uh, thing where I said lessons learned Dansby watched it all go down. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he spent a little time on the phone with Freddie Freeman about how all that went down because Casey Close is his agent and he watched it and he's on the inside. And if anybody knows about that situation, it's Dansby Swanson. So, and I'll, at this point, all I can say is if he's here, he's here. If he ain't, he ain't. But I'm not sure how I'll feel about it simply because he has said he wants to be here. The Braves have said, glue guy, we got to have him here. So if it doesn't get done, I I'm, I don't think I'll be as bitter as when Freddie left. I don't think it'll be, see a Dansby, I don't want to see eat at my table, but I'll be. it'll be a little weird just being like, what? what is this? This is twice now in two seasons. We've had a situation where I want to be here. Hey, we want you here, and it doesn't get done. And still, I'll stick to my guns on that one, too. If he does not stay in Atlanta, I will be shocked. Shocked. Because, again, I don't think he's a money guy. You know, he. I, I don't think he's out there looking for the most money or the longest deal. I, Everybody I don't think wants he is. money, but I, it doesn't. You don't get that feeling from him. But I, no. I promise if he doesn't come back, we'll order Casey Close starboards. Yeah, right. Um, and, and you know, uh, chances are we'll see Trey Turner here. Now, that's another uh, theory that people have is Dansby wants to go play in L.A. with Freddie. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, you know people I mean, talk. I mean, just people Fred, say things because fair enough. him and Freddie were close. And, 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 again, they do the whole, oh, did you see Charlie Freeman? Well, he's a baby. He loves, okay, he loves Dansby. Big freaking deal. That was nice that he ran up and hugged Dansby. Okay, cool. It doesn't mean Dansby's going to run out to L.A. to be closer to Freddie Freeman's kids. It's it's. But, again, I mean, you hate. And here's – now, I don't know if his agent has been in his ear or anybody's been in his ear, but Dansby Swanson, cannot deny, he's a good-looking man. He's got a luxurious head of hair. He's an attractive fellow. Guess who does well out in, in, in the big, bright lights of L.A.? pretty people they may be appealing to his you know hey you could you could do some uh appearances in movies you could some feature you films. could sell some things you know who knows what they say like you know hey come to la everything's better in la you know they big everything's bigger and better in la you know he's not a lebron though i mean that's why lebron went to la to, to make his stake you know he wanted to be an entertainment guy whatever let's not waste our show on that loser he's not a loser though he's a winner he is a winner, Sorry. but they, they lost pretty bad. They did. Somebody put out a thing that's like, the Lakers have been eliminated from the 23 <laughs> playoffs. But it, yeah. it, if it goes like this, it's going to be ugly, though. Oh, More yeah, than I don't just know. eliminated. They're, it's, it's embarrassing, but LeBron is... Toxic. But he's also, like, ageless. Like, that guy is still out there doing his thing. It's I mean, uh, cool, but you know why? He he's, yeah, he's he's takes good care of himself, but all these numbers they throw out, it's taken him much, much longer to achieve this status than it did Jordan. All yeah. these points and rebounds and all these things, Jordan did it in much less time. And it, it, it's fine. Like well, whatever. We we can have that we can have that conversation, but I think that it needs to be like an episode where there's like a huge round table discussion about it because I it, between me and you, there's no argument. This would just be a shit on LeBron fest, and sure. I don't, I don't want to do that. I just know I do. Him, I, I just know Jordan's Jordan's better in my yeah. in my mind, and in a lot of people's minds, Jordan's the goat. And I mean, LeBron's LeBron's top three. He's just not number one. He's the best of his era. I don't want. I don't sure. want to have a rant. Tale. We don't need to. Nobody's ever going to convince me otherwise that his on court persona, his his NBA persona, sucks outside of the realm of the NBA. Pretty good dude. Does a lot for the community. Spends his money. Educates people. Sends them to school. Does good. There's no doubt. Anyway, enough of that crap. Back to the Braves. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be uh, interesting to see what the Braves do, uh, given this new news we have of of wanting a top five payroll. To, you know, it, it, but it's also you start to wonder in that territory of just because you spend doesn't mean you win. You know, you got to have the chemistry. That's kind of what the one thing I was going to touch on with the Hawks. Like that's going to. It seems like they're they're uh, all jiving together and, and loving each other, and and it's it's cool chemistry. And the and the you know they call it the winning formula for a reason. It's not just 
you know, hey, the Hawks have DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, and, uh, you know, uh, LeBron James is coming to Atlanta now, and, and you know, James Harden is coming to Atlanta just because you put – and and look at L.A. They put together a super team, and they were the stinkiest super team in the history of super teams. So We're going to have to find a third C because culture and chemistry seem to be running rampant in Atlanta. Yeah. Right? Braves, Hawks, and Falcons. It's a uh, – what? Continuity, I don't know. Coaching? Yeah, sure. Coaching is a big part of it. And so, it'll yeah, it's going to be fun to see what the Braves do, but also who are these guys that, that they potentially may sign in this spending spree that is is being bantered around and, and talked about. Like, you know, the looks like the Braves are gearing up to, to make some big moves because winning is addictive. Everybody's got the fever. They see the, st- I mean, you know, Terry McGurk looks out and sees the 40 plus sellouts and he sees dollar signs. Everybody's bonus checks are a little fatter and everybody's down at the battery and they see the books. So they want to keep it going. And who wouldn't? If you're, you know, fan, fan or employee, whatever. If you work for the Braves, of course you want to keep the, the good times going. And they've got everybody locked up. And, but again, who are you going to get and how do they mesh? And again, Jacob DeGrom, I don't know him. He could be an awesome dude, but he may not like Brian Snicker's way of managing. He may not like Brian Snicker. He may not jive with Brian Snicker. Trey Turner has long said he wants to come back east. What if Dansby doesn't leave and Trey Turner comes back? Does he get along with Matt Olson? Does he like Matt Riley? Does he he jive? And if he doesn't, if there's friction there, guess what? You don't play as well. And I I think that's the biggest reason why you got to get Dansby back. And we've said glue guy about 900 times on this show, but the team, it's, they're a family. They all say it. Dansby said it after the, the, the disappointing postseason. We're a family. We spend more time together than we do with our own families. We all love each other, rent it for each other. Even the guys that were new here, Oda Rizzi, Jansen, all these guys are like, I've never seen anything like this. So, again, that's the biggest question. You can go out and spend all the money in the world. Look at the New York Mets. The Yankees have done it. They've all spent boatloads of cash to come up nil. So I don't know if there's a, what's the litmus test for that? How do you, how do you, I mean, I guess I'd love to know that process of like, you know, Jacob DeGrom comes to town and do like, does he all do the, does the team take him out? Do they all go out and bar hop or I don't know, go to the high museum of art? You know, what do they do? Like, how is that? Does he sit in a room with Brian Snicker and they talk baseball for an hour and a half? Like what's the whole process of, is this, guy i mean because of course that has to happen right you just don't talk over the phone i mean i'm sure they come down and check out the facilities even though they play here a bunch but they i'm sure aa handles all of it yeah you know they walk through the clubhouse and they maybe they maybe they take a walk out to the mound or i don't know like they drive through the city like surely there has to be some sort of situation like how you acclimate a new fish into your fish tank yeah like vetting there has to be like a vetting process of you know hey is he the right fit for us before we're making an offer let's make sure he's gonna you know, be a good fit for the Braves way. Because I think the Braves way is that what it, that exactly what that is, the Braves way. It's not the Yankees way. It's not the Mets way. And I think the Braves way is a little bit different than other baseball organizations. So I think it takes a, I don't want to use the word special, but a different kind of player to come here and succeed here and fit in here. Agreed. So, yeah. And well, I, I think you, I think that goes like essentially for all teams, you know what I mean? Like certain players just don't fit certain places. Sometimes, sometimes you spend money on a name and that name is just that. And it gets, it, the, the cultures don't mesh and they, mm-hmm. their, their style of play don't, don't mesh with what you're trying to do. And, um, I mean, you've seen that happen with other teams uh, hopefully, hopefully there is a better vetting process to make sure, because I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to go out and grab somebody to grab somebody and have them come here and disrupt the all the stuff that you've been working to build. Yeah. So hopefully, I'm. I have nothing but faith in Alex Anthopoulos and Brian oh, yeah. Snicker. I can't believe I said there was no work to be done though, or not a lot of work. I can't believe I said that. I, I should be slapped for that one because there is. It's going to be a fun, exciting offseason for the Atlanta Braves to see what moves they make and and what kind of product they. I mean, of course, it's going to be well. We can say they're going to put out the best product they can, but but we'll just have to see after that. But man, it'll, I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of you know what kind of role players we get. Mm-hmm. I that's where I'm I'm mostly intrigued by because they're 
every year there's a, a bunch of players that are they get shuffled around. Oh yeah, major league and and clearly, Double A knows he knows what he's doing, and he I'm sure he has his eye on certain pieces that he feels like could come in here and 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 help plug holes that we need plugged, and we'll we'll gel with the team. Like I I, I I'm sure he has like a a, a prototype. Like a, a money ball scenario type player for the Atlanta oh, yeah. Braves. He's he's at work literally right now as we speak. He is somewhere in the world doing something Braves related, and he will be leading up to spring training. And speaking of that, we've got to get our ducks in a row and submit our paperwork to see if we can get some access for this year's Brave squad. Hell I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I'm going to spring training. There's a scenario that I want to happen. I want to take the mesmerized media bus down there and do some sort of something each day, maybe from a local restaurant, parking lot, whatever. I want you to come down there. I'd like to make a, a definite, like, dedicated trip. But if that doesn't happen, I'm still going. Why? Never been to Brave Spring Training. It has been on my bucket list my entire life, almost. Probably not in my young life so much, but in my in my older, like young adult, adult life, it's always been, and it's come close a couple of times to happening. And then it just, COVID really, man, when our friends Bean and Jim moved down there, they're like, you can throw a rock and hit Boston's complex from their house. It's right there. And the Braves aren't very much further, which you're, I can see you salivating already because they live right near the Red Sox facility. Best but of both worlds. We were going to go and then COVID happened and then, everything else and it's always just been like right there but this year damn it i have two really good friends that live right there they have a beautiful home down there and it's just right there and they, they've sent pictures and it i mean it i, I just want to go i just want to go and i'm going i don't care who comes with me i don't care if i have to hitchhike down there i will be come hell or high water at brave spring training next year doing it I'm going to try to make a whole, I mean, not not just uh, went down on a Thursday, came home on a Sunday. I'd like to stay down there for a while. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, again, so much to look forward to, and it, it's, it makes me a little sad that, we're you know, we'll have some braves, but it won't be every episode. There just won't be enough to, <laughs> to fill it up. But, I mean, there's there's always something. There's always some kind of news. And in, in sports nowadays, it's not just during the season. Sports are 24-7, 365 no matter what sport it is, and like even with the shorter seasons for, for like football, and you know, there's not as many games, but like it, it, it just constant, it keeps moving. There's always something going on, so I'm sure we'll have plenty of Braves to talk about, um, especially since we're keeping an eye on Dansby and and, and everything else that can happen in an off season. Absolutely, absolutely, but uh, you know that's our that's our baseball. Uh, I don't know. Banter for today. That's what that's we don't have much else other than hey, it's it's officially off season for the Braves. The winter meetings will be coming up in a, probably a little over a month. They usually happen sometime in December down in Orlando or I think they don't move them. I think it's always in Orlando. I should know this too. I'm just doubting myself, but I'm pretty sure winter meetings are always down in Orlando, Florida around the time of December and Things get a lot of things. Well, you know, actually, last year it was kind of slow. The last couple of seasons, the winter meetings, they haven't got a lot done. There haven't been a lot of big moves. I do know that much. So maybe this this year will be different. Maybe because everybody's pretty pretty much uh, you know over COVID and and Sleepy Joe said it was over. He said he he deemed it over. He said it on sixty minutes. So maybe now everybody's moving on and they've forgotten about it and it's in the past and we can conduct business as normal. But we're going to shift our focus to some football, and I'm sure there's probably something going on in the UGA world, but I did not turn my attention to it too much simply because they have a bye week, and bye weeks just mean extra practice, extra time in the film room, getting guys healthy, kind of assessing, maybe kind of a midseason assessment. You've got a little time off from game prep. Not that they ever stop, but you do have a little time available to kind of kind of see where you're at. I know Herbie uh, – our friend Kirk Herbstreet said George's defense was the the only question mark he really had going into the second half of the season. So, you know, they're going to be out there with the practice squad and uh, Gunnar Stockton, who it seems is the main, uh, you know, practice squad QB. He's captain in that ship. Uh, he's going to be doing his best Anthony Richardson uh, imitation because we, uh, we have this week off and then 
Saturday after that, we play the Florida Gators down at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm still I'm still with Kirby. I want that to be a home and home. Go to Gainesville, come to Athens. Go to Gainesville, come to Athens. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that's such a moneymaker for both schools, it seems like. that. Sure. I mean, it, it, I actually just heard something on the radio on the way in this morning, and Kirby was actually talking about how, you know, it, it it's always going to boil down to money. But in his mind, it's just a – um, a, a loss of a recruiting date for him. Uh, so, he, of course, he wants a home and away for that game. No, I, I guess my question is why? Because you, can you not have recruits at that game? Do they not visit that game? Is there something that if, happens? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they can't be on the field for that game. Like, there, there's certain restrictions when it's outside of your home stadium. I I, I could be completely wrong. Man, but, yeah. Um, there are certain restrictions Um. That's our homework. Let's figure that one out. Let's get an answer for everybody, ourselves, and everybody listening. Like, is, is it's an? I know it's the Jaguars Stadium. Is it still Alltel Stadium? What stadium is it now? I don't even know anymore. No, no idea. But yeah, it's a, uh, and, it, and that's the thing too that doesn't make a lot of sense is it's a smaller stadium, right? It's an NFL stadium. It might be what fifty, sixty, seventy-one thousand, maybe. No, man, they're like forty, fifty. Okay. I well, I don't know, man. Uh, the dome wasn't the, the dome. Man, you could fit a lot of people in the dome. I mean, I swear it's. Here, let's we, let's can, do we some, can find that out. Let's dive in. Let's just but, carry the but show. But either here way, it's like a minute. you have when when you have recruits on campus and they can do all the things on campus that you want to be able to show a recruit. When you have them in Jacksonville, there has to be they're high school kids, so there have to be restrictions. They're like. You know, out of town with you, you know. There's, there's got to be so much more that goes into that, and it's, it's less personal. Not, not to say that it's not a like a cool thing to see or show a recruit a Georgia Florida game. Like that would be a big, that would be a big deal to see. But everything else that goes along with recruiting and and what you're able to do, your your facilities aren't there. Like all the all the other good selling points that Georgia has aren't aren't in Jacksonville. That's just a football game for them to see. So, you know, you still get to be around the guys. What's up? I was right. Well, not really right, right, but close. 67,000. 67 in Jacksonville? Or? Yeah, TIA Bank Field. Raymond James is 65. MetLife Stadium is 82,500. Man. Wow. AT&T Stadium, 80,000. Okay. But, but, but you're right, though. The NFL stadiums used to be smaller. I, I swear, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe all the new ones because i want to say the old dome was like 71 if you but i think that was on the feet like if you had a concert and you put seats down on the field too you could crimp but yeah at&t stadium is eighty thousand, and metlife stadium is 82.5 so okay raymond james sixty five thousand eight hundred and ninety. so okay we uh that was a surprise for sure but still no jesus Seventy five thousand at at Mercedes Benz. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. But, but still, I though, I, I mean, known that from uh, United Games. I guess I I wouldn't guess seventy five thousand people because I go to Falcons games. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, Ben Hill Griffin. Uh, I don't know what the capacity is, but I know Sanford Stadium's like ninety two thousand and change. Yeah, so. and you got the big house and Neyland. Mm -hmm. Happy close Valley hundred right. Don't yeah. Don't forget about uh, Neyland's like a hundred and one. And I think Happy Valley, I could be wrong, but it, it can get up into like 110, 111. And I think the big house might touch 115 if you, if it's standing room only. Which is crazy. Yeah, those are massive, massive arenas. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, yeah, you know, dogs are resting up, getting ready for Florida. And we talked about this last week. We don't believe it's going to happen, but you got to make sure Florida's a trap game. I think officially you could say Florida is a trap game. Florida's our well, – see, I – I hesitate to say trap game for us because uh, I don't I don't feel like any Georgia team ever overlooks any Florida game. It just doesn't. It's it's too important for like the school in general. But I I know what you're saying. But it, same way I feel like Tennessee Tennessee's got Kentucky before us. So that that weekend is two quote unquote trap games yeah. right there because if they overlook I don't think they're going to have a problem with Kentucky just like I don't think we're going to have a problem with Florida but it's one of those things where if you if if you take your eye off the prize and you look ahead to 
to what everybody's deeming the biggest matchup, then and who would have guessed that before the season? But it is what it is. But yeah, you can't take your eye off the prize. That those are two teams that could could cause problems for both of us. And that's my argument uh, because of the implications. That's my only argument that it could be a trap game because they are young kids, and I've I've already been building it up or billing it as such. Like uh, at work yesterday, some Georgia fans came in, and I was like, man, November fifth. That's the day. That's the day the East gets decided. That's decided who's going to go play for an SEC title. It, it, period. It goes down that night. So that's why I'm just because it's such a big game now. The implications are there. Like, you know, when you started the season, it was like, well, we got Tennessee after Florida, big whoop. But now it seems like it's going to be a battle of two 7 and 0 in teams. Somebody's leaving that stadium with a loss, and somebody's leaving that stadium not only with a loss, but you're not going to play for the SEC title. So that is huge. And we'll see how Georgia handles it. We'll see how Tennessee handles it. You know, Tennessee is a – Georgia's already been there, you know. Tennessee, that's the only thing I could see Georgia coming in and maybe kicking their ass is because Tennessee has never been here. Pressure. You want to talk about pressure? All the years since 1998, this is 20-plus years of frustration – 20-plus years of not winning, not even really sniffing an SEC East title. And they just beat Alabama. And they just beat Alabama. So that is definitely a legitimate thing, is how is Josh Heupel going to handle that and relay that to his team? Because you And, and you're talking about that place is going to be on fire. Oh, my God. You're walking into a den of red and black with the the new lighting, I don't know if it's going to be a night game yet, but it yeah. It will not. It's 3.30 CBS It's going to be game. intimidating. You're coming into an intimidating atmosphere. You're a team that seems to be on the rise. That could be the re- – that could be – that could set the table for Georgia to really say, okay, new guys. The, uh, the, the trend that I'm seeing right now that is mildly worrying to me is that – the ticket prices are going up so high that it it appears that people are like, well, shit, if I can get six, seven hundred bucks for a ticket, I'll I'll sell it. I, I'm gonna be intrigued to see how much orange is in that stadium because I feel like because of how well they're doing and what's going on and how easy it is to travel uh, from Knoxville to Athens, I, I'm intrigued mm-hmm. to see how much orange they they allow in that stadium. It's not going to be a Tennessee takeover, and 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 there, yes, you I are right. I don't believe takeover. there will be some people, but Georgia fans are like, I don't care if it's ten thousand dollars. I'm going to be in that stadium. So, will you see a little more orange? Yeah, checker. But I don't think it's going to be anything like. Yeah, I just don't think Georgia fans are going to. I I think Georgia fans. The real fans understand you can't put a price on that. They know they need to be there to represent and show these Tennessee people who we are. So, oh, ag- agreed. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, there's everything. some dirt bags out there. Of course, of course, they're gonna sell their tickets and go downtown and spend all their money and looking like a big shot. Because speaking they, of Christy, I, I talked to her. I, I was like, hey, if you see any, uh, if you hear of any Tennessee tickets or anything, just please let me know because what it's looking like right now is. It's almost it's almost twice as much as what I paid for for national championship tickets. It's it's a lot right now. My plans are set. My buddy Christopher Carter, we call him Coach Cotta. He's a god. He's a. I, I keep telling him I got to get him down here on this show. He, you've met him. He did one in yeah. the, in the uh, state of sports with us. He is turning forty, and his lovely wife Ronnie has said you're off daughter detail for about thirty six hours starting on Friday. So I'm going to go to his house. Now, yesterday we talked about roasted corn and crab bisque, but I'm going to throw some curveballs at him and say Brunswick Stewart gumbo. But he's turning 40. Uh, Birthday's actually Friday, and then the game is on Saturday. But we're having the party on Saturday at his house. He just built this amazing new, like, screened-in back deck, fireplace, TV. He's got the smoker, swimming pool, but it probably won't be. Who knows? I remember one year I went to a Tennessee game and it was like 85 degrees. It was rough. Boy, it was a everybody dressed for colder weather and it was a it was a it was a pressure cooker. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And he was like, "Hey man, but what if we went down for my birthday?" And I was like, "Okay, all right. I'm just gonna throw this out there. At Casa de Carter, you have clean restrooms with no lines." 
plenty of concessions available, great parking, an eagle eye, bird's eye view in 4K of the action. Meh. He's like, you know what? Yeah, he's like, it's pretty much God's country. <laughs> so we are, I'm telling, and I hate it, man. I don't know how many more Georgia games I'll go to in my lifetime because I've been to so many, and, and I love Georgia, but I, I think I'm that old guy now that's like recliner, air conditioning. I don't send, have some drunk jerk off behind me who's been in the bourbon screaming and hollering and getting spit particles on me and. You know, no lines, no lines, no parking. Because, again, I think I said this. I did say this on another show. If you're going to go down to Sanford Stadium, you do it right. You take grills and tables and canopies and chairs, and you and you find a corner and you set up shop, and then you get out of the game and you got to break down and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like you're looking at it all wrong. It's uh, – Are you, Christopher Walken? No, when – No, you're looking at it all wrong. You're coming at me all wrong. No, uh <laughs> – we just have to blow this show up a little bit more so we can get press credentials yes. and and, yeah. and walk out there. And sit in the air-conditioned booth and You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going yeah, with yeah. this? Well, until then, I'll, I'll say this. Maybe I won't go to another Georgia game until it is as an official representative of Believe Network and the Believe in Atlanta Sports Podcast, and we got some laminates. Uh, I would do that all day long. but That's that's some goals, as far as, life and, goals and, right there. And I don't know. I don't think it makes me a bad fan. It's just like I've been there. I've been, you know how I many home Georgia games? You know how many road Georgia games I've been to? A bunch. Shitload. Yeah. A bunch. I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, got the CD, the poster, you name it. So I've experienced it. Um, and, yeah, I do enjoy just sitting on the tube at home and uh, doing them buttermilk brine wings that I've been doing and, and Valerie's uh, on the couch watching and asking questions but also looking at tiktok and then my little buddy merle's uh there and i'm like yeah i'm good i'm all right with this got a little fire pit out back maybe i'll go out there later and burn something who knows but anyway point being probably won't see me down at too many georgia games i would like to do some Fair more enough. road games uh if they if they go to old miss i'd like to go down to oxford have you never seen the grove i have not um cool place been to arkansas been to uh tennessee i've been to alabama i've been to south carolina what am i missing have you been to kentucky never been to kentucky um there's uh, been to starkville um i think that's it though yeah i know i've been to auburn been to auburn a couple times um easy drive yeah, that's not a bad one at all. It's uh maybe what hour and forty five minutes, I think, two hours. So yeah, been, been yeah, I've seen the eagle fly. That's and again, it's Auburn, but that's still pretty cool. I've oh, always yeah. I've long said I was gonna sneak in a pellet gun in my boots though and, and wing that sucker, and watch him spiral down and crash on the fifty yard line. Yeesh! <laughs> then barbecue him, throw him on the smoker. Isn't that like treason. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I've been around. I'd like to go to Ben Hill Griffin. Uh. And I don't know. I guess I guess if I was going to go to Ben Hill, uh, maybe maybe Florida, Florida State would be a good one, or Florida, Miami, one of those Battle of Florida games. Um, Got to wait till Florida State's good and then go. Wait till they're both good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but yeah, so that's our uh, we're, that's our Georgia, and we're running out of time. I got I have to go to an AWS seminar today for cloud architecture. So let's go into the Falcons. They are traveling up to the land of Skyline, Chile, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is, is that how they say it down here? Is that how they say it up there? Somebody says Cincinnati. Uh, so Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Cincy, they're going up there to, to, to their territory, and, uh, you know, they've got some weapons, and they got a, they got themselves a quarterback, but they haven't. They're playing 500 ball right now, I think. They're 3-3, three and three, and so are the Birds. Uh, I said, and I know you can, you can, you know, tell me I'm not a good Falcon if you want to, but I, I took the Bengals, uh, but we'll see, but they've got Jamar chase and he, he's pretty, pretty darn good. And then we got a, we got a dinged up bird in the secondary. Who's not going to be playing in the form of Hayward. So what's, uh, what's your, what's your formula? Well, how do the Falcons beat the Bengals? I'm, I'm looking at. The injury report for both teams that has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Hayden Hurst listed for the Bengals, but it also has um, 
AJ Terrell as a limited participant. Ooh, that'd be big. Yeah, I Isaiah Oliver, um, but uh, Chase Higgins and Hayden Hurst are all limited participants in practice. So I don't know what that means come this weekend. It's gonna it's gonna be tough, but I feel like every every game this season has been tough in one way or another mm-hmm. for the for the Falcons. So I don't I don't look at it in any any way other than uh, Isaiah Oliver, D. Alford, and A. J. Terrell are all listed on there. So like our entire secondary is listed on on the injury report on the um, practice status report. So we're just gonna have to see what what that means going into this weekend. Um, we know we're out without Hayward. Um, it looks like we might be without Walker again, but um, Troy Anderson showed up and showed out for us uh, last week. So that that's not, not too terrible for us. Uh, you got Taquan Graham. Uh, we're going to wonder what he's a, also a limited participant. Um, Ade Ogundeji. Also limited participant. So we are, I mean, offensively, we are still without Cordero Patterson. So mm-hmm. that that is what it is. But uh, if we're able to effectively run the ball uh, again this week, which, you know, shouldn't be a huge problem for us. Um, What's the Bengals run defense like? That the, would be the question. Yeah, the it, It's not great. Um, I'm, I don't know why this won't load, but I had it earlier. They're they're I think they're giving up like a hundred hundred and thirty five or something yards per game on the ground. Yeah, so, they're, not, they're not run stoppers. No, it, I think they're they're somewhere in the bottom quarter um, in run defense. Either way, um, offense has to play a great game. If if by chance everybody's healthy for them, our our defense our ragtag bunch of guys out there, depending on who's able to play, um, they're, they're going to have to play the same opportunistic defense that they've been playing. They're going to have to, you just can't leave us in the game. I, I'm, I'm nervous about this game. I think, I, I think we have a 50, 50 chance, if not better. Um, in most of our games, we have the, uh, apparently the easiest schedule for the rest of the season in yeah. the NFL. So I, it, it's tough knowing what, Burrow, Mixon, um, Higgins, and Chase can do to you. It, it's tough mm-hmm. knowing what that's going to do to a banged-up defense, and especially since the names on that list are all literally all of our secondary, um, yeah. except for our safeties. So you're gonna you're gonna have to Grant and Hawkins are gonna be be called on a lot, I'm sure. But we'll we'll see. I I also thought that we would probably drop this game. I I know moving forward that we're going to have a chance to to get into the double digit wins, but it it all depends on who's healthy come Sunday. I don't have a good I don't have a good answer for how I think this game's going to go until I know who's going to play because it, there's I mean there's a lot of big names on this list. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I mean, until we find out what happens today and then we find out what happens tomorrow, we won't really have a good picture of it. Um but but don't let us hang around. If uh, Marcus Mariota, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, um, if he comes out there and play, plays mistake-free football again, that's going to be a real problem. These aren't the Bengals. Yeah. These aren't the Super Bowl Bengals um, that we got to see last year. So we will, we'll, we will see. Um, it's a, it's it's a road game too, so that's gonna, that's makes it a little less easy for us on top of everything else. But. Um, yeah, you know, I got faith in these Falcons. In the immortal words of Meatloaf, you took the words right out of my mouth with mistake-free football from Marcus Mariota. I think he's got to come out and have another performance like he did similar to the 49ers. And, again, it seems like Troy Anderson is, uh, you know, that kind of head-scratcher pick. Everybody's like, really? With who else was available, we took him. Seems like he might pay off and and become a, a guy. And, and we talked about it last show, you know, with all these injuries. It's that next man up you know, uh, mentality. And it's kind of me. I said it before, like who wants to be a millionaire? Now's your time to step up and, and earn some money, you know, make yourself make a case for why you need to be out there and make a case why you need a, you need some dollars on, on that contract. So, you know, it, 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 and, and if you're a competitor and every, every player seemingly in the NFL, well, not all of them, some of them are, but Hey man, you're, you're there to compete. You're there to uh, contribute. So get out there and show us what you got. 
you know, hopefully you've spent time in the film room. Hope you've been paying attention to the game. You had been like the guy in Cleveland who was, you know, eating a Snickers on the, on the bench. Hopefully you've had your head in the game. You've had your head in the film room and you're prepared. And it's, you know, every coach says it, Hey, when you're, when your time comes, you know, what are you going to do with it? So there's opportunities. We'll say that opportunities on, on Saturday for some guys to step in there and make their case and, and keep this team on the right track. And we got our three C's out there earlier at net third C we, uh, we landed on coaching that I think that's going to play a huge part in this game too. Um, whatever Arthur Smith can do on the offensive side of the ball to put us in the, the best position to, to take advantage of Cincinnati's defense, but really on the defensive side of the ball, um, Dean Pease is going to have to, uh, he's got his work cut out for him before we're, we're missing the pieces that I, that it looks like we might be missing for, for this weekend's matchup. So it's all about putting people in the right places and making sure that we scheme properly with what we have with our personnel. Heck yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. That's about all we've got time for today. Cause like I said, uh, you know, no rest for the wicked besides this podcast gig, we got other things and I got to go sit on a computer with some headset and listen to somebody talk about the cloud for several hours. So I got to get on down the road, but don't get on down the road too far from us. Please keep coming back because we love you. We need you. You have a great week in Atlanta. And more importantly, you got to stay safe. See ya. Do you believe?